We come to take a few minutes to think about the Bible passage that Sam read for us in Luke's Gospel. We learned a lesson whenever we were thinking about Jenga. It's a great game. I don't have a steady hand, so I normally end up losing. But it's always because, under normal circumstances, the bottom gets too weak. And so the tower wobbles, and it eventually falls with a loud crash. And that's something similar to what happened in our Bible story. We learned about two men. Now these two men knew how to do this job properly. They were setting out in life and they wanted to build a house each. They had both been brought up in their communities. They knew how to build houses because they had watched their father and their grandfather build these houses. This was part of the tradition of what they did in their community. So they knew how to build houses. Well, the first man that we read about is called the wise man because he gets his tools and out he goes and he starts digging. And the problem is he can only dig and build his house at one time in the year. And that's whenever it's warm, which is the summer. He can't do it whenever it's cold and it's wet. In the winter, he has to do it in the summer. Now, what do you hope for most of all in the summer whenever you go out to play? What do you hope for? You hope for sun. Well, in the country where this story comes from, they're almost guaranteed a lot of sun in the summertime. And so there the builder is, out under the baking, sweltering sun, trying to hack his way through this ground to get to what is the rock underneath that earth. Now, it's only going to be about two foot or so below the soil level. But because it's so warm and the soil is quite clay, he has to hack through it. And it's tough work just to get below that two foot that he needs to go. But he works hard in the baking sun and he eventually hits that rock on which he will build his house. He will get the clay, he will mold it into blocks, one by one he'll lay it till it gets to its roof, he'll put the roof on, he'll go in, sit down, make himself a cup of tea, and wait. Because after every summer, you will always have winter. And in winter, the rains will come and they'll batter that house. And yes, there'll be slight bit of damage because the walls are mud, but not too much because he has a good foundation of clay blocks built on solid rock. And his house will stay standing and he'll be able to enjoy his cup of tea and, his, and those long winter evenings. And so he is called the wise man because he has built his house on the rock. But the second man, he knows all the same things. He knows how to build this house. He's seen other people do it time and time again. But he thinks it's not worth the effort. It's summertime, it's baking hot. Look at that ground. It takes so much effort and energy to get through to the rock. I watched my mate doing it. He took too much time. It looked like so much hard work. The ground is so hard, I'm just going to build on the ground. So he clears away the scrub grass and everything like that and builds brick by brick, the same molded blocks, brick by brick, to build his house. And he has himself a chair in his house and he goes in and he sits down. But what comes after summer? And what comes with winter? 
the rain. And so the rain comes. And the rain batters the house. The rivers break their banks and crash along the side of the house. Have you ever done pottery? I tried it and failed miserably. I got more clay on me than I did in what pot I was supposed to make. But whenever it started, it started as this hard clay block. And I had to put water on it to soften it so that I could mold it. And that's what's happening when this water hits this house. It's hitting against the clay and it's making the clay soft so that whenever that final torrent of rain comes, that house will crash down just like our Jenga tower because it had a very weak foundation. It wasn't built on the solid rock. The builder thought that was too much hard work. The clay looks, and indeed it was hard, but only for a time after the sun had baked it. But when the water came, it became soft. Let me show you a modern picture of a house. Who would like to live in that house? Great sea views. I can't comment about the seagulls that might make noise in the morning. But imagine walking out and he has a balcony on the front. Imagine walking out and just looking straight out into the ocean. Wouldn't it be wonderful? But look underneath it. Look how close the water is to the stilts that it's built on. Now I'm sure the man has taken every care that whenever he has built this house, he's consulted the most intelligent people. There's concrete uh, pillars underneath that these wooden beams are put into. But actually this house collapsed with a mighty thud because the wood rotted away and the cement underneath crumbled because it was just built in sand because the sand wasn't strong enough to hold back the water and that house fell. That's a modern example of what we're thinking about as we think of this story. At the very start of this passage, Jesus says, whoever listens to me and obeys what I say is like a wise man. A wise man who did a very good thing and built a good solid house so that when the storms and the water came, the house stood firm. But whoever doesn't listen and follow the words that Jesus said is like a man who built a house, a foolish man, without a good foundation. We've thought of two things this morning. We've thought of our Jenga tower and what it takes for it to collapse. We've just thought about the houses that we were, had read for us in the Bible. Whenever we come back in a few minutes, we're going to think of something more about what it means to obey the words that Jesus has given us. So in a few minutes, we're going to try and pull all this together and see what Jesus has to teach us. So this morning, the first thing we looked at was our Jenga tower. And by now, we know that if it's not steady at the bottom, if it doesn't have a good base, it will wobble. There's a few times we had a sharp intake of breath because we thought it was going to fall as it wobbled. But eventually it would fall because it didn't have a good foundation. And then we read in the Bible the story of the two builders. One who had a good foundation and his house stood. And one who didn't have a good foundation and his house fell altogether. And in the Bible reading that we've just heard read to us, we learn about Jesus. 
and how Jesus is described as a cornerstone. And this is what a cornerstone looks like, or could look like. It's on the corner. It's a cornerstone. And this is the stone that sets the rest of the building in line, sets it in place. It can either be like this in the wall, or it can be the foundation stone. The first stone led so that the house knows, or the builders know what way the house will go, and they have something to follow. <coughs> Whenever Jesus came to this world, a lot of people of his day didn't think much of him. They thought he was unimportant. They didn't think he was anybody special. And you know, 2,000 years later, there are still people who think that Jesus is unimportant, that Jesus isn't special. But Peter tells us that they've got it all wrong. That Jesus was the most valuable thing that could ever be sent. In fact, he's described as being a stone that people rejected, but yet was the cornerstone, the most important stone in a building. Jesus is described as this important person, this important thing in our lives. So what does it mean to have a foundation in our lives? It doesn't mean that we all stand on a big solid rock, because that would be pretty hard to move around everywhere we went. It doesn't mean that we stand square-footed and that we're good and steady. We're thinking about what it means and how we live our lives. The decisions that we make, the choices that we make, what really makes us stand when things get difficult for us. Peter, as we were listening to the passage being read, quoted three passages of the Bible from the Old Testament that describe Jesus in three ways. First of all, he's described that we will never be disappointed if we believe in him because he is God's son. That what, that's what makes him so precious and so valuable because he is God's son. He's not just a normal man. He wasn't just someone in history that lived 2,000 years ago. Jesus was there when the world was created. He came in human form for 33 years to this world. And then he went back to heaven and is still there. Still very much at work and alive. So Jesus is precious and valuable because he is the Son of God. And even though people didn't and don't think much of Jesus today, it actually turns out they've got it so wrong because Jesus is valuable and precious. And that's what Peter's trying to tell us, that we can be influenced by so many other things in this world, but they're unimportant. They don't stand up in the same way that Jesus is, that Jesus is so valuable and so important. And the final thing Peter says in his passage, he makes us stop and think about Jesus. He makes us think, well, who is this guy? If he is the Son of God, if he's more important than anything else, what does it mean to actually follow him? Let me tell you what Peter said. This is the stone that will make people stumble, the rock that will make them fall. See, people who don't understand Jesus don't get him. They really can't understand 
his human nature and his spiritual godly nature because he's, he's both. And for people, they just can't figure this out. It's like a really hard maths question. Really can't figure it out with X's and Y's and Z's and everything like that. Some of you, you have that to look forward to. But that's how people see Jesus. They just can't figure him out. But for those who do figure out Jesus, who understand that he is precious in God's Son, they'll not stumble or fall because they know the truth of who Jesus is. The point that is trying to be made in everything that we've looked at this morning is that Jesus is the solid foundation. He's not a weak foundation that will wobble and eventually crash and fall, but he is strong and solid. Someone that we all need to build our lives on. But there are many people who think that they can build on something else. They think they can build their foundation on heroes or sports people. Now I know Christoph said we weren't going to think of the World Cup. Wish he hadn't said that, but you know, we'll run with it anyway. It's a Manchester United, we'll excuse him for that. I mean, why would he want to wear something like that? But okay. I don't know if you follow sports personalities. I don't know if you want to be like sports personalities. If you want to have the skill that they have so that you can go on and be the best footballer Northern Ireland has ever had. Or maybe you want to have a great voice. And you want to be able to sing to millions of people. You'll become really, really rich because of your voice and you'll want to sing. Or maybe you want to be like Superman. Just for the sake you want to run around with a red cape flowing out the back. Sometimes we look at people and think, I want to be just like them. Because they're so cool and they're so great and so strong and can do great things. But someday, they won't be great at what they do. Someday, Wayne Reedy's going to get so old his legs aren't going to do what they're supposed to do. I'll let your personal discretion of when that point has come or will come. Maybe you want to sing, but someday a voice will stop working when you get a cold or you've used it so much it won't work anymore. Or someday a kryptonite will come and will zap you of all your superpowers that you think you can have and you can't do what you thought you want to do. Relying on superheroes or sports people isn't a good foundation. The next thing that some people have their... Uh, Based their lives on our possessions. If I was to give you a PlayStation 3 now, would you thank me? Yeah, I thought you might. But you know, as a friend of mine found out, Coca-Cola and PlayStation 3s don't mix. So someday the PlayStation isn't going to work. And someday PlayStation 4 is going to come out at £600. And so that PlayStation 3 won't be of use and it will just be thrown out like everything else. Or we'll want a beautiful car. I was envious last night driving up the motorway of all these cars going past gleaming that have just had their Saturday washes and I looked at my windscreen with all the bugs on it. We all want the nice car. It looks nice. People will look as we drive past. We want the nice car but someday that car is going to break down. Someday it's going to get a chip on its windscreen. Someday it's going to get a flat tire and we can't use it when we really want it. Sometimes we think we can have all these things and money. We think we have enough money 
that's going to have a good foundation in life. But money can disappear. So possessions aren't something we can trust in. And sometimes the last thing that we can trust in is ourselves. We think that whatever we study, however we work, we think that that's going to be enough. That that is what's going to be our foundation. And if you look at the lady, she's using such an old mobile phone, it's like a brick. That's what they used to be like. Sometimes we trust in ourselves when really we can fail exams. We don't get the qualifications or the jobs we want. And life doesn't turn out the way we had thought. Those three foundations that sometimes we build our lives on aren't there anymore because they disappear. Because they're not strong and they're not stable. Jesus has told us throughout all of the Bible that he is the one that can be trusted. He is the one who we can hope for in the future because he is strong and he is a foundation. Boys and girls, and all of us here, what are we trusting in? Are we trusting in Jesus, but every now and again we let a little bit of ourselves, or a little bit of our possessions, or a little bit of who we think we'd like to be like creeping in, and that is what's shifting our focus rather than Jesus. Jesus calls us to follow him, to be his disciples, to have a strong foundation in him that will not topple or fall. What's it going to be? Who are we going to follow? You've been singing to us this morning about the greatness of God and about how we want to live for Jesus by not hiding the light, that light of following Jesus. Are we all going to do it so that we can be his children and allow him to be our God? Boys and girls, thank you for helping us in our worship this morning. You've done stuff up front. You've helped us in collecting our offering. You have led us and we want to thank you. We'll come to recognize that in a minute or two. Thank you for listening. Thank you for enjoying the Jenga and listening to everything that we've been saying. But we're going to come and we're going to ask God to help us not to forget but to remember what he is teaching us in the days that are ahead. So let's come and let's pray. Lord God, sometimes it's hard for us to really understand who Jesus is. So help us. Help us to trust in him as a strong foundation on which we can build our lives so that we will be strong and we'll be able to stand when different things come our way to challenge us. That we will be your people and you will be our God. Help us in all that we do in the days that are ahead. Help us to live lives that please you not just because we think it's the right thing to do, but because it is what you want us to do and because it draws us into a closer relationship with you. So help us. We thank you for our time together today. Continue to be with us in the few minutes we've got left in fellowship together. We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen.